Good morning, Stone Village, and happy Sunday. I hope that all of you are well and safe in this world. All is well in my world. The Lord be with you, and let us pray. Prepare us, O God, to hear your word through the scripture of this day. Confront us with your claim upon our lives. Clarify the choices we must make of our lives, our time, meaning, and purpose. Help us to respond to the one who came as the bread of life, so we may know life at its fullest and at its very best. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The reading today is from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their numbers those who were being saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> the splendor of Easter has begun to fade. The tomb is empty. Target's spring collection of pastel home accessories in the shape of eggs, chicks, and bunnies has been sold at an incredible discount. <laughs> the spring flowers have opened and dropped their petals. For me, there's always a cavernous void following Christmas and Easter. So much preparation, so much anticipation, so much decoration. The hope and promise of God being born into the world during the season of Advent, followed by the hope and promise of God overcoming death and new life during the season of Lent. We are so hopeful so excited. And then the day arrives, and then the day passes, and it's Monday, and then it's Tuesday, and then it's Wednesday. And we find ourselves in ordinary time, faced with the question, so now what? I guess there's always Pentecost to look forward to, but Target doesn't sell home accessories for Pentecost. So that's not a real holiday. Plus, no one is really excited about Pentecost. No one but, but Andrew. So the question remains, so now what? <clears throat> I guess we might consider living into our identity as Easter people, resurrection people, people who embrace a new way of living defined by our living God. I guess we could, we could do that. We have the time. Christmas is seven months away. In our scripture lesson today from Acts, we encounter the early Christian church, the first generation of Easter people. What's remarkable about the early church was the community's commitment to mutual support, respect, and love for all people. 
illustrating in word and in action the centrality of Jesus' life and mission in their lives. I do admit at first read, the early church seems idealistic, a little too good to be true. Yet it's important to keep in mind this is before the formation of church committees. So they really were living the good life. Five habits defined and nurtured the early church's life together. And I believe if, if we are willing, if we put a bit of intentionality and thoughtfulness into it, we too can live into our identity as Easter people. First, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, committing themselves to dwelling each day in scripture understanding the need to explore as well as wrestle with the Word, allowing the Word to shape and inspire their lives. Because community is formed around a common vision. And in their case, as well as in our case, the common vision is Jesus' life and teachings. So read or listen to the Bible. Start with a chapter in a gospel. <laughs> Read a psalm. I wouldn't even be mad at you if you watched an episode of Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. I mean, she's basically an apostle, basically. Second, they were devoted to fellowship. Understanding the quality of a person's life is directly linked to their proximity to one another and relationship was defined by hospitality and genuine presence. So no one walks alone. All people are welcome. All people are understood as Imago Dei, created in the image of God. Third, they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread, to remember, to celebrate, and to be inspired by the life, the love, and the resurrection of Jesus. Understanding their faith and their community were fed and nurtured through the sacrament of ordinary things. Fourth, they were devoted to prayer. Prayer with and for one another, acknowledging the joys and sorrows of those they called friend, neighbor, stranger assuring one another they didn't journey through this life alone. Prayer doesn't require anything of us beyond offering the space to listen and then share the needs and the joys of others to God. And it can be as simple as saying, hi, help. Finally, we come to the fifth habit, which I admit, for most people, is a little, a little uncomfortable. All who believed were together, and all had things in common, the scripture reads. They would sell their possessions and distribute the proceeds to all, as any had need. I don't know about you, but I like my possessions. I'm invested in my Legos, deeply 
invested. <laughs> and I have a sense you like your possessions too. This is one of those moments when we are invited out of our comfortable worlds of individualism into real community. Real community exists when the welfare of all is the concern of all. Real community exists when everyone gives what they can, gives what they can. So no one lives hungry or lives without shelter or is subjected to dehumanizing circumstances. Real community is always self-giving. Real community sees Jesus in the least and responds with merciful grace. Five habits, not overly complicated or even exhausting. In fact, it takes more effort to put together a piece of furniture from Ikea than the habits I just named. So now what? The first generation of Easter people understood a fundamental truth about God. God entrusted them to care for the heart and wellness of others. And this fundamental truth is true for us today. And as I have said to you before, Easter is more than a day on the calendar. It's a way of living and knowing God in our day-to-day -day lives. We are Easter people. We are resurrection people. And we're also a not-yet people. God's triumph, God's promise unleashed on Easter is not finished yet, because for many of our neighbors, it still feels more like Good Friday than Easter morning. And so we have a part to play in the ongoing miracle of Easter. And our part, anchored in those five habits, is to make choices in our daily lives which inspire change, to be kind to people, to listen to people, to see people, to love people, to comfort those who mourn and who are weak of spirit, to feed the hungry, to be a voice of justice in an unjust world. In essence, like Jesus on our behalf, we are to be a means of new life resurrection in the lives of others. The true splendor of Easter, as you know, has nothing to do with home accessories, spring flowers, or pastel-wrapped chocolates. The true splendor of Easter, which you may not know, is you. You are the true splendor of Easter. In how you live your life of faith, on the other side of the empty tomb matters. It matters immensely. And so I hope, I pray, fourth habit, see what I did there? <laughs> Simple, I pray. You shine so brightly in the days to come, people will need to wear shades. Thanks be to God. Amen.
I give thanks to God for each of you, and I pray this day you bear witness to the love of God in this world. Bear witness to the love of God to those to whom love is stranger. They will find in you a generous and a loving friend. In the name of Christ Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, Josiah. Amen. I love you, Stoners. I hope that you have get out of here. I hope that you have a wonderful day, and uh, I will see you soon. Bye.